0: Hey, friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One with Friends podcast. Um, We have life updates. And uh, this one, as you may be aware, for those of you who are listening in real time, this one's going to be a little bit more of a doozy. So if you do not care about us on a relational level at all, (laughs) skip. (laughs) If you only want to get to the meat of the episode, skip ahead like 10 minutes. Um, And then if we don't happen to fill that time, just wind your way back a bit, but Llewellyn, let's start with you, because I don't want to dominate the first, like, already part yeah. of the episode.
1: Yeah, I know. Um, wow, it's been a minute. Uh, I've just had a very, I mean, this couldn't have been better timing, not that I want to say that in circumstances, mm-hmm. but, like, Ooh. I've had back-to-back family. My, my pain saying. is your pleasure. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> It's just I knew that I was going to have some like scheduling conflicts anyway. So mm. before I could even address that, we kind of took a pause. Nice. So I'm like, well, I guess this kind of all worked out. I just had yeah. I had family in town um for almost the entire month of May. And wow. Yeah, it was just like back-to-back and then I got sick there for a while. Um one family brought down sickness and then I got sick and then more family came down and then they all got sick after I was sick. Ugh. So it's just been like a whole a whole month. Um but otherwise, I'm on the pursuit for a job that's remote. Um, I'm in yes. like the process of possibly getting one. Um, oh, really? Yeah, but it's like I'm, it's like I, I'm. It's like I'm not trying to get my hopes up, but like I kind of have my hopes up. Sure, sure. You know? um, <laughs> As one does, <laughs> but it's not. It's also like the only. Not the only good thing, but the, the best part is that it's remote, but it's not, like, a job that I okay necessarily love, if that makes sense. But the idea is sure. to get a remote job so that I have more freedom to travel. Go to New
0: York. Oh.
1: That as well. Um, <laughs> but
0: It's your dang butt over there. <laughs> that as well.
1: But I would like to start with, like, being able to travel. Like, there's a lot of stuff yeah. going on this summer back in Michigan, so I'd like to just be able to, like, take off whenever I need to to, like, go up there and visit. People or whatnot. So, um, yeah, I guess I'll keep you posted yeah. on that. I don't have any. We're going to be things.
0: a part of some same activities
1: well, that's of good. you traveling. Yeah, we are.
0: I'm so excited about that. I like, know, we have excuses too. to see each other outside of meeting each other in New York.
1: True. <laughs> all right. Anyways, that's really all I have. So, why don't okay. you give us yours?
0: Well, our friends know the person that is the reason we will be brought together do you want to give like her little announcement
1: oh we can for Uh, those who have been listening since
0: the early days i think just a little like quick i mean you know
1: i think so yeah well one of our beloved friends is getting married (laughs) and you guys know her as jane yes so if you remember jane way back in the day um yeah she's a good friend of both of ours and we couldn't be more excited and happy for her in this next season. So, yeah, we get to celebrate her basically all summer and then this fall as well. Yeah, pretty much. I am
0: currently planning her bachelorette party. And let me tell you, trying to navigate 20 people's schedules is no laughing matter and no small (laughs) feat. Um, Half of us, exactly half of us, are out of town. So including the two of us, as we well know. (laughs) Right. Um, But luckily, this is where it's like the lucky part, at least for us. Um, Us and I think at least one other traveling back to Michigan for it isn't as big of a deal because we could each find places to stay. Yeah. Outside of. Like a hotel. Exactly. Or an Airbnb. Yeah. So I am grateful for that, for sure, because it'll help cut down our costs, at least.
1: That's so good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, I can't believe we're already four minutes in, so I am going to try and be succinct. So for those of you who um, we've probably deleted it by now, but for those of you who knew, we took about a month off because I had a last minute emergency health thing happen Um, in a very concise way. On a Thursday morning, super early, I started having acute pain on the left side of my body around my reproductive area. Um, Went to the emergency room because it was like a pain I had never felt before. Got some very strong medication, um, had two cat or two ultrasounds, a CAT scan, an MRI. And the gynecologist said that they found a nine centimeter mass Um, which she thought was probably a fibroid connected to my uterus by a stalk. And that's uh, the uterus or the fibroid twisted on the stalk, which is what was causing my sudden onset acute pain. Um, And then at one point, the pain stopped abruptly. So she had thought that the fibroid might have retwisted back. And that accounted for the therefore lack of pain on a really like quick manner um got released they said surgery was at the absolute next step um, to get that removed so when they have any sort of mass they consult with the um, oncology department so I had a gyneco gynecological oncologist um wow that's a mouthful. they're like I, it really is they're like it's It doesn't mean it's cancer. They're just experts at removing masses. So they naturally consult them and get them, get their surgical unit involved. So um, released um, with an appointment scheduled for that following Monday. I had another episode Friday night. And after about two hours, I finally, after being constant, I mean, when I say the pain was intense, it was at like a 10 um consistently it didn't waver it didn't kind of fluctuate in and out it was a consistent 10 none it did not alleviate at all um so after two hours I finally thought my girlfriends were telling me go back to the ER we'll meet you there and as I was getting ready the pain subsided again and so I just went to bed everything was fine made it through the weekend made it through Monday went back to work knowing um, or sorry, didn't went to my meeting. He did his own exam to kind of try and determine if the fibroid was connected to the uterus outside of the stalk, um, if it had kind of started to bond with the external wall. They also couldn't see any line of demarcation between that and the left ovary. So one of their other concerns was that the um, left ovary itself had become its own fibroidic mass and like connected to the part of the fibroid. They're like, we don't know if it's all kind of lumped together or if it's separate, which sort of surprised me after four internal, after ultrasounds, CAT scans, MRIs, after four different ones of those that they couldn't clearly see kind of baffles me. Just I'm like, isn't technology better than that? But also I'm not a doctor, so I don't look at these scans every day and know what I'm looking at. Right. But they did say because because it's a nine centimeter mass. I mean, if you think about that, ladies, for those of you that are mothers, that's pretty much the size of like a baby's head, which to me is insane to think about. (laughs) Um, It's it's like it pushes everything together. I mean, it moves my it moved my bladder. So I was peeing more frequently. I just didn't really think about it um, because it slowly comes on. It's not like the fibroid grows really you know fast and sudden to where you're like oh i think i'm going to the bathroom more often i it, it just was my reality and it kind of slowly came on um but they said everything's so smushed up around there like we can't clearly see if it's connected to those things or not and they wouldn't really know until they got in there so Monday, we had made an appointment for the following, like the, the next Friday. So not that Friday, the whole next Friday. So a whole almost two weeks away, which I hadn't had another episode after Friday. So I thought I was in the clear. Tuesday, I go to work finally for the first day since, you know, Thursday. And I get through my whole day. And as I'm leaving work at four, um, this pain is starting to come again. And it came on a little bit more slowly, but still got just as intense. And after finally four hours of writhing and pain at home, I finally took myself back to the gynecological emergency room. I guess they have a, an OBGYN emergency, um, which I didn't even know was a thing. I thought it was just the emergency room, but it's a separate unit that deals specifically with gynecology, which is kind of nice because they get straight to the point. And because I was returning, they knew exactly where to put me. Um, when I tell you that even morphine didn't touch it, um, this the pain was so, wow, so intense. Have you ever had morphine, Llewellyn? Um, not that I remember. I don't think so. Okay, it is the. Some people love it because I mean yeah. they can see why people easily get addicted to it because it makes. It's weird how it, how quickly it washes over your body. And all of a sudden, there's no... It's the weirdest thing.
1: It yeah, doesn't numb that.
0: you. It doesn't numb you. You can feel every part of your body. But any even hint of pain, discof- discomfort, achy, achiness, like... It, it removes all of that feeling. And all you're left with is like, I feel nothing. And so people are like, it, it's really easy to, to understand how people just how people get addicted because it, it, it erases everything. However, every other part of my body. Great. I mean, couldn't feel a thing. Everything felt like it was operating at 100% except for that one spot still at about like an eight in pain it only like barely turned the knob down on the pain level which was crazy because I'm like this is morphine this is supposed to be helpful so slowly over the next couple hours the pain alleviated itself at some point in the night they admitted me in said that they were gonna move around stuff in the OR to um have like move up my surgery and do it while I was already in and so um go to sleep Tuesday and um the the surgery they thought was going to happen on Thursday so I was able to have just like a full day of actually eating and things like that um yeah I even spared you guys all the details in the uh (laughs) the first emergency room visit because there was uh, they ha- they didn't allow me to eat so i had gone like i think 24 hours by the time i was able to eat and so i was headachy dehydrated um headachy to the point of like a bad migraine so i was like i was vomiting it was not well with me um but the second one the second day i get up on wednesday and llewellyn i passed a kidney stone <laughs> what so yes i passed a kidney stone Um, which was the weirdest sensation. And after telling my like the surgical doctor and some of my nurses that my surgical uh, doctor came in and after I told him, he was like, well, now we don't know if the pain was maybe the whole time the pain was the kidney stone, which that could be true. It could not be true. And if it is true, then I'm at least glad for it up to the point that it allowed them to find the mass. Yeah. Because if then that was the case, however, I do think that the first day at least wasn't the, I, I don't think it was the kidney stone just because the pain was in a slightly different spot. The second time I went in, it was more like on the side and the back. Um, even though it was still in the same area of my body, which I think that's more where your kidney is. It's like your side, you know, like more wrapped around the back of the body versus like acutely in the front. So because we don't know, we don't know overall. But I passed a kidney stone, which was crazy. And that makes me think that that's why the pain was so much like longer and so much worse on that second ER visit. Also, ouch, (laughs) Never get kidney stones, people. <laughs> I am like researching ways to never allow that to happen again. Mind you, it could have been because of how smushed up all my organs were, and how that might have affected the the track from the bladder. You know, like from the from the like urine track or whatever. But anyways, um, had the surgery on Thursday. Um, what's crazy, I think, is that you're signing off on every possibility before you even go under so you have the best case scenario which was it is a fibroidic a fibroid that's connected to a stalk that's connected to the uterus that was the best case scenario the other scenario that I was potentially prepping myself for for when I got up was that the left ovary might have had to be taken with it just because they had said they could not tell if it was a part of it or not but then because they're they're dealing with a mass of an unknown substance next to your reproductive system, they have to prep you for every possibility all the way up to like a hysterectomy to where I could have woken up and they could have said we had to take the whole thing. Yeah. Um, And that had a lot to do with the difference between the hard mass that the fibroid was to, if they, if they, if while they were in there, they saw non-hard mass um, which they said there's no real scientific research that confirms that the harder something is the more guarantee that it's less cancerous they have just sort of found that to be true even though they test everything that comes out of your body they were like If we start seeing some of that more like gelatinous stuff connected to your uterus and if it starts to look like it's more than just on the outside but it could potentially be on the inside, we could get to digging in there and just decide that um, they would test it in real time at that point and have the pathology test it before they did anything with it and if it was cancerous, they could have just removed everything, which is so scary to think that you're like, it could be it could be the easiest surgery they've had ever in their entire life, all the way up to, oh, by the way, you can't have kids. And and mind you, like, I'm single, so I'm having to process this without anybody also bearing the weight of the signing off of that, if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but anyway, so I know that's a lot of drama, only to then tell you that um, when I got out, they it took about an hour which is super fast they did it laparoscopically so they made five uh, small incisions across like the upper band above your belly button like below your ribs kind of that where you kind of like roll a little bit if you have like a little bit of uh stuff on you like i do um they made five incisions like across the width of that band one a little bit bigger in the belly button area. What they do is they go in there with these five robotic little arms, which is crazy to me, um, that they don't even get in there themselves. They're just basing it off of like looking through a camera. Mind you, it's a very good camera, but still. (laughs) And um, it is so weird. And I am so grateful to say that it was exactly what that first lady had said, the gynecologist. She said that it, it, it was a fibroid. It was connected to a stalk that was connected to the outside wall of the uterus. So it didn't go in at all. It wasn't internal, which I'm super grateful for. Um, there's a specific word for ones that are inside versus outside that I don't remember. But however, they were able to just kind of slice off that stalk. What they do is they encapsulate the fibroid inside your body. And then while it's in the bag inside your body, they break up the fibroid into smaller pieces so that they can then take it out of your body as a whole through a smaller hole rather than opening (laughs) you like crazy. I know rather than opening you like all the way up and taking out this nine centimeter fibroid because it would be like almost giving birth to a baby's head like just So, they break it up inside, but in a bag so that nothing gets lost or lodged into a different part of your body and able to like remain there. Um, I come out of anesthesia pretty quickly. So, there's no funny stories of me saying anything, you know, funny. I, I come out, it doesn't affect my body the way that I know it affects others. So, I come out pretty quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, and then pathology about you know, a week and a half later, um, non cancerous, which is what the gynecological oncologist had said anyways um as he had assumed because it was a harder mass they didn't have to take the ovary with it it wasn't connected to the ovary at all um they showed me a picture of it as I was coming out of surgery and I didn't quite know what I was looking at but they explained it later um it was funny to see like fat in my belly and I was like guys you were right there you couldn't just like help me out and take a little (laughs) bit of that too like you were right there how dare you um But no, it was best case scenario, the least amount of impact to any sort of future, um, like reproduction overall. So very grateful for that outcome. Um, very grateful for my friends. Um, I don't have any family in town. Mind you, my sister did drive down and she did stay with me the entire full week, um, from the surgery day all the way to, um, Uh, that next Thursday so she stayed with me all week um, at home which I'm very grateful for because there were some really miserable days it took me a full week to finally wake up and be like okay that's not as bad like it took a full week to start feeling like the actual normal functions of my body were starting to like kick back into gear Um, I think Sunday after was the worst day we laid in bed all day did not move did not get up it was the worst day by far, um, but overall, I'm a couple weeks. I'm a couple weeks out now, um, and go, slowly going back to work, um, doing some half days just to reacclimate. Um, gr- again, grateful for my friends who. Um, it was just amazing. I know I'm rambling on, and I know this is going to be a longer episode, but I'm super grateful for my friends who. They stayed with me the entire first emergency room visit from, I think, 8.30 in the morning all the way through to the next day when I got released at about, like, 10.30. Um, Stayed with me overnight in those super uncomfortable, like, chairs. Um came like came to see me the second night as well um hung with me hung out with me on Wednesday came on Thursday for over like recovery until I left the hospital at 9 30 or 10 p.m. um so again very 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 grateful for friends who were able to show up in such different ways one of them is organized like I am in very execution mode so she you know was on the more organizational of she had my phone. Like I would just hand her my phone, gave her the code, and so that way she could message. She was the one talking with my sister. She was the one like informing my family. She was the one that managed like anytime I needed to do anything, I just handed it to her. Very grateful for that because I just didn't have the mental capacity to do anything with that stuff. I needed someone else to take it. She was the one that was coordinating what to do with Binky, my dog Um, and so I was very grateful for her showing up that way. And then my other best friend, she shows up, she has um, a very nurturing presence. So the first emergency room visit, when she came into the room, I almost just naturally started crying because I felt in that moment that, okay, emotionally my needs are like taken care of and I feel seen and nurtured and she didn't do anything except for show up but then there's a couple things that she did throughout Um, when they took my dog the second time when i went back in uh, she bought me a stuffed animal dog that looked exactly like my dog because she said i know how much you hate to be away from your dog So she gave me a stuffed animal. I cried because I felt so seen and so loved on by my friends. So just so grateful for friends who show up and show up in their own unique ways and don't try and be anybody other than who they are, because that was both of their natural skills and like natural bents of caring for people. I needed both of those. And so I'm so grateful that I had both. So. That was the whole thing. That's why we needed to take a month off. Holy cow. Life update. Crazy. Um, And I'm also planning a bachelorette party for our friend Jane. So yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah. 24 minutes in. All right, let's get to this. (laughs) Let's do it. Episode
1: recap. I'm excited
0: to be back a little bit. I'm excited to talk about our, our show.
1: Yeah. Also, I apologize again in advance. My roommates are currently cleaning. And then we'll have people (laughs) over. So any background noise is unavoidable. Okay. This week we watched season six, episode 17, titled The One with Unagi. Wow. Teleplay by Adam Chase. Story by Zachary Rosenblatt and directed by Gary Halverson. And originally aired on February 24th, 2000. Ross tries to teach martial arts to Rachel and Phoebe and Joey hires a lookalike to pose as his twin brother for a medical experiment.
0: Oh, gosh. <laughs> a med- Go figure. Like a medical experiment. That's awesome. Um, okay. So in the soft open, we're in the cafe. It's Chandler, Phoebe, and Ross. And they're all, they're just chilling around. And Ross brings up Marcel, which we haven't heard in quite some time. Now, Joey complains about a 20% tip. Which is exactly standard. I think personally, 20% is standard. Yeah. Um, but he claims that, of course, 50% is even better, <laughs> which at face value is true. It's just that would be very generous of somebody. Yeah. And he's over- overreacting a little bit because of um, needing new headshots and saying that headshots are expensive. And Russ asks him if he's considered like taking on more shifts and Phoebe mentions that she used to beg for cash so that was always an option for him as well Um, but Joey remembers he used to do medical testing and Gunther comes up to Joey and kind of reprimands him for talking to his friends on the job and that a guy had complained about him three times in 10 minutes and he's been waiting for his coffee which then joey drinks when gunther hands it to him to yeah. deliver
1: Gross.
0: <laughs> which is such a it's a funny joey like he was like man okay and then just goes ahead and drinks the coffee so that's funny um we get to the main part of the episode and we're still in the cafe um, we've fast forwarded in time and space. Rachel and Phoebe meet up with Ross in the cafe after having taken a self-defense course. Have you ever taken one of these, Llewellyn?
1: I have not. I literally wrote that as a question to ask you.
0: Did you? Yeah. I have always wanted to. And Same. I'm surprised my mom did not force me to at one point. My mom grew up in the like Stranger Danger oh, yeah. era. Yeah. There was a video from an Oprah Winfrey show about Stranger Danger that she had Recorded on a VHS that we would watch probably once a quarter as kids. So there's a very healthy level of fear of stranger danger just ingrained into my sister and I. And so I'm very surprised I never took one of any sort.
1: I think my, I probably never did because I had three older brothers. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I've i always wanted to, and my roommate does taekwondo. And I've always thought about asking her, oh. like, can you just teach me a few things?
0: <laughs> yeah, like, help me out here. Yeah. That's funny. Now, Ross is a little skeptical. There's no way that they could fully defend themselves after only taking one class. But Rachel is adamant. Ross thinks that they need to, like more experience it with unexpected attacks and talks about his karate experience and introduces the concept of unagi now mind you, unagi is also sushi, a uh, freshwater eel, which gets the convo
1: off track completely yes, so I actually so Ross considers unagi as a state of total awareness. That's what he says yes by achieving yes. true unagi can can by okay. I read this wrong. Only <laughs> by okay. achieving true unagi can you be prepared for any danger that might befall you. <laughs> yes. But like you said, unagi is actually called y- yura nage. It's spelled differently. Mm. I'm probably butchering it, but okay. Um, yeah, it's it is you know fish, not a state of mind. Yes, and and Ross gets really petty about it.
0: <laughs> he gets very petty. But when the girls beg he tells them all about it which you said total awareness now chandler comes in um and he's needing some advice about valentine's gift for monica since they're celebrating late and joey recommends a romantic spa crotchless panties which ross is not pleased about because obviously that is his sister
1: <laughs> okay but he makes the best facial expressions
0: he he really does. David Schwimmer plays a uncomfortable Ross very well. So well. <laughs> so it it makes you feel for Ross in that moment, absolutely. Now, for Chandler, there is a stipulation to the gift. It has to be made. Did we already talk about best Valentine's gifts? I think so like a, a long time ago. Okay. I know we talked about best dates. And I think mine were one and the same, the helicopter ride thing. I yeah. think that was part of the same equation, but OK. Um, yeah, so that kind of ends that scene. And now we know that the gift has to be handmade. And that puts Chandler in a little bit of a bind. I think we also find out in that scene, and I didn't necessarily write it, um, but it's also due today because they're celebrating that same day. Yeah. So not only does he not have a gift, but he definitely doesn't have a handmade gift, which would need to be done in the next couple of hours. So he's asking his friends for some advice. Ironically, you could technically make your own crotchless panties.
1: (laughs) You really could.
0: (laughs) You you would just be ruining a current pair of panties, to be clear. Correct. (laughs) Now, upstairs in the girls' apartment, Chandler is literally doing nothing with nothing. That's the best way I could describe the contraption he was making. Yeah. When Monica comes in and he asks for clarification about the criteria of gift making. And when he leaves, we find out that Monica also has not made her gift for Chandler. Again, and once
1: again, worst communication
0: would have completely solved this for both of them. The and worst. they could have enjoyed their holiday celebrations together and laughed about this together. Yeah. Monica is berating herself because she's like, why did I say like to make a gift like she's she's mad at herself even so over across the hall joey is in his apartment and he's looking for oh wait no sorry he's
1: in the hospital isn't he yeah he goes to the hospital
0: okay i don't know why i write joey because that usually signifies that they're at joey's place but now we're at the joey storyline i think is what i was trying to tell my future self (laughs) um joey's looking for research studies to participate in and he goes up to the lady at the front desk and he finds a twin study for two thousand dollars joey tries to schmooze his way in and obviously it doesn't go well for him because it's a medical experiment so he has to have like a twin with him so that's all i wrote for that scene it was pretty quick in my opinion yeah it was okay okay so back over in the apartment building, in the hall, Ross is hiding behind the wall near Monica's place <laughs> as Phoebe and Rachel come to the stairs towards the apartment, which is interesting because wouldn't they have gone to go to Monica's apartment, but it looks like they're going to Joey's? Yeah, it was weird. It kind of didn't make sense. He should have hid on Joey's side and scared them when they turned to go into Monica's apartment I think I mean as they turn um I guess maybe they were going to Monica's I don't know it just seemed really strange he scares them in order to give them a very important lesson about unagi Um, And he starts to school them via, like, drastic measures to make his point. But when Monica leaves to take out the trash, he tries to scare her. And she doesn't so much as flinch when he, which he attributes to Unagi. unagi. He
1: says, ah, she has Unagi because she didn't even flinch. Or she just heard him do it through the wall. And I was like, (laughs) I'm not going to fall for that.
0: That's such a good point. She's like, what is happening outside of these walls? That's such a great point. Now we continue on with Joey. He's at casting, um, and we we have we start off with a very close up shot because this is where they're playing with camera angles in order to make the humor of the situation. He's having this internal monologue about this study. He wants two thousand dollars. He's about to interview for a part and is obviously in this casting office with about seven others who look exactly like him, same outfit at all. Same outfit, because they're obviously preparing for a part, and he wants that twin study. So in his brain, he's making this connection of, where can I find someone who looks exactly like me? Which, obviously, it's not going to go very well. They're going to figure out pretty quickly that your DNA doesn't match at all, right. <laughs> and therefore, you'll be disqualified.
1: Right. Um, um, so fun fact, the guy he chooses, yeah, uh, Carl is his name. Um, his name in real life is Luis Mandiler. I don't know how you say that. I think that's it. Um, but he was actually one of the finalists for the role of Joey when the producers were casting the show. Yeah, so it's it's kind of funny how like there was another guy that I mean they're obviously not lookalikes, but they look close enough that if you like look quickly, you can be like, oh, they do kind of look similar. So yeah. Yeah, sure. It's like the hair and all. Yeah. that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow, interesting. Okay. Um, okay with Ross Ross comes in wait we're at Ross's place sorry yeah we come into Ross's place following Ross he comes in with laundry and Chandler kind of follows not like close behind um but Chandler essentially knocks. still cannot figure out what to make Monica and he's now resorting to finding anything at his friends' houses to right. use and re gift. And he wants to do like the Apollo model, which it says something. It says like Ross's
1: spaceship or something, doesn't it? Yeah. So Ross, or so he picks up this, somebody picks up this rocket. I think Ross does. Um, but he explains that it's his Saturn V rocket model from the Apollo 8 mission. Um, yes. Okay. But in fact, the Apollo 8 did not land on the moon, which oh. he says it did. Oh. Instead, it orbited the moon twice and then returned safely to Earth um, is what he says, but it, it actually orbited the moon a total of ten times, not two. It never actually landed.
0: Look at this history lesson!
1: I try. History also, with uh, Llewellyn. can we just talk about the fact that like it was very obvious while they were talking that there was somebody behind the curtain? Like he would have, I don't know about you, but if I walked into a into my house, I would have noticed immediately. <laughs> you know, I knew it was coming, and I didn't even look for it. <laughs> I looked. I was like, I know it's there, and I was like, that's so obvious. It, it's, yeah. I was like, how would you not notice that walking into your house? Could you see their feet, or just the outline of their body? You could see their feet if you if you look down to the floor, but but like okay. the way the curtain. The curtain would come out and then came back in. Like there was a bump in it. Right. Like it it was so obvious. I mean, it might be one of those
0: things where because you're doing such a menial task, you know how when you do brainless things, you're kind of just in your own mental zone.
1: And so you don't notice things like that. Yeah. I also feel like as a girl, we tend to be just going to say that. We tend to be a a little bit more like hyper vigilant to those types of things. But I mean, I guess as Ross, yeah. he probably wouldn't have been. absolutely the time. I mean, back then, it probably wasn't as I mean, it was as common. They were closer to C- sure. the time. time. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it's the difference between guys and girls. Um, but even I knew the joke was coming, and I didn't even look for it ahead of time. So it <laughs> could have fooled me. <laughs> nice. Um, Chandler leaves, which is important, when he does, that's when Rachel and Phoebe pop out from behind the curtain yelling, danger. <laughs> and Ross gives the best high-pitched scream. The best scream. The best. And Rachel, I love this moment. When, yes. That's when she goes, ah, salmon skin roll. <laughs> <The best. laughs> Which I love that connection to sushi. It's the perfect yeah. like call to the fact that Unagi is sushi. It's great um across the way so um back at the other the girl's apartment um, which is now Monica and Chandler's but still (sighs) Chandler is now trying to find stuff back at their place he's he almost takes Joey's advice to make his own crotchless panties which we obviously alluded to at the beginning of this episode or the beginning of the storyline for her and happens upon a mixtape now he takes a pretty big gamble as we will find out because he doesn't listen to it he doesn't have time does he not oh my gosh I know he he doesn't even he doesn't even have time because Chandler leaves the room to find Monica in the kitchen and ready for the exchange. So this is his last ditch effort to find anything. So, of course, he didn't take the time. He just gambled that it was going to be good.
1: Such an idiot.
0: Um, Chandler gives Monica the mixtape and Monica gives Chandler Phoebe's bunny, which he already knows about because she offered it to him yeah and now we can safely assume that monica did the same ask with the friends that chandler had done earlier the same day so he went to the friends to ask and then she went to the friends to ask and he just happens to know now he has a little bit of an unfair advantage because because he saw phoebe had it yeah so So chandler Yeah, he tries to give her an out by mentioning Phoebe, but Monica breaks, tells him the truth, revealing the truth that she forgot. And he lets her think that he put a lot of thought into his gift when she says, like, she'll cook anything in the kitchen and do anything in the bedroom. She's just trying to make up for the fact that at this moment in time, he's letting her think that she's the one that failed at the task. Because he's taken this whole gamble, on this mixtape which in such a funny hilarious truly karma like full circle we will find that it comes back to bite him in the butt but until then we kind of fast forward a little bit into their sexy evening And afterwards, she mentions a jacket that he's been wanting that's too expensive um, for him to get as a gift to, again, make up for it. The cake is ready and they go out into the living room to eat. When fake Joey comes into their apartment, he gets the cadence of the how you doing so wrong that Joey comes in to correct him and is so unhappy with him. (laughs) His name's Carl, which is funny because it's also a four letter name. Carl, Joey, like (laughs) it's perfect. But Joey explains to the couple who he is and why he's there. And he pops his head back in when he's leaving um, and also asking for cake. Um, Carl does. Sorry, he pops his head back in. And when Joey shoots him, like shoes him out and then it pans to Joey's face and you can see Matt matthew perry clearly laughing in the shot yeah
1: yeah very much
0: <laughs> it was so obvious on this one that i was like i'm just gonna add it because it's right there yeah staring me in the face <laughs> um now in the girls apartment so phoebe and rachel i guess it's the new girls apartment technically the girls are talking about game show hosts um that they that they could kick their butt when they're walking into their home when they spot ross's head over the chair this is where ross's height does does him no favors no favor because the top of his head is clearly seen over the chair and then they cut the scene that they're both on top of him and want him to admit that they are unagi yeah and it's funny because one of them is just sitting on him i think Or they're both sitting on him. They've got his feet and his arms. It's just really funny. Yeah, they're sitting very much
1: sitting on them. Like they're they're both sitting on top of him with their backs to each other, and one has his feet and one has his arms.
0: Yes. Okay. Perfect. It's um, it makes me think of like how the scene would have played out and how they would have snuck on both sides of the chair really quickly. Yeah. In order to be able to, like, get the get the upper hand, like, quickly. Um, sorry. So we're back at the research study, and the guys are getting ready to go back, and Joey is prepping Carl, but when they get called back, the study is for identical twins, not just Wah-wah. twins. So it totally undermines his entire efforts completely, and they have to forfeit their study. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that wraps up Joey's storyline. Back in the apartment, Chandler comes home to a candlelight dinner. It's it looks lovely in there. It really does. Monica Monica is counting down through his favorite meals, and tonight is mac and cheese with hot dogs, which I have never tried. Really? Nor do I ever want to try. And I love macaroni and cheese. Here's the thing. Here's a the staple thing. Staple as a child. Here's what's really interesting. I love macaroni and cheese. Any variety. I'll take everything from the crap powdered, even off-brand, non-craft mac and cheese, all the way up to the gourmet, five-cheese, white-cheese mac and cheese that they serve at restaurants. I will take the gamut in between, but don't put anything in it. Good to I know. want, outside of maybe... Breadcrumbs. Okay, I can see that. But bacon, I love bacon. Don't care for it in my mac and cheese at all. Don't care about it. So hot dogs to me is just if I'm gonna put anything inside the mac and cheese, it's gonna have to give it a crunch, which is maybe why the breadcrumbs work really well. I think it's the tasting no, for me to, for bacon. I don't know. We I can't used do to hot do dogs. that
1: all the time. My mom would make mac and cheese and then she would cut up hot okay. dogs and put it in the mac and cheese. Sure. All the time.
0: I mean it it gets you some like protein, I think. Yeah. Or it's just like a fun dish. Engineered you know? protein.
1: And of course as somebody from the Midwest, I don't I don't <laughs> I don't eat mac and cheese anymore, but like I used to put uh, right? uh, ketchup on top of it cuz you eat ketchup with uh, stop. <laughs> Oh, stop.
0: Not kidding. You eat ketchup with hurts. hot dogs. Or at least I did oh, back in the no. day.
1: And then so as a kid, I if there was hot dogs, only if there was hot dogs in it, then I would put ketchup on top. But as I grew up and realized ketchup is basically just sugar, I, I don't eat ketchup anymore. Llewellyn, that hurts my heart a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was a kid. What do you expect?
0: Ugh, okay.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> anyways. Uh, I, and, and ironically, I know that that is a majority of small kids had the mac and cheese with hot dogs. I know that that's a thing. I guess it's just not something that my mom did. Now for the dinner music, she decided that they oh, could no. listen to his mixtape. <laughs> and it starts off it, it honestly we think it's a win. Yeah. At the, he is visibly relieved. And it's and her favorite he's, song. He's winning. Yeah. The the way you look tonight, which is such it is actually a really good
1: song. Great song.
0: Yeah. It's such a great song which is the only song she inquired about. She didn't care what else other love songs or whatever was on here. She inquired about that one specific song and it starts off with that song. So we think, oh, my champ, it's the biggest win. He has won and all seems to be going very, very well until we hear the screeching sound of (laughs) Janice's voice. This tape was a birthday gift from her and Monica is pissed. Yeah. At Chandler. Yeah. She
1: is seething. Yeah. Seething mad. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Um, okay, fun fact though. Yeah. Season 6 is the only season of Friends that Janice does not make a physical appearance on camera. <gasps> this oh wow little, this little cameo on the mixtape is the only thing we hear from her all season
0: this is all we get yeah did she did they actually record it with her over it or did she was she off to the side on maybe a microphone my guess talking is, into the stage i mean my guess is it was on the tape they probably added it to the engineered tape. it together yeah, yeah you're probably right dang oh that's such a good fun fact. I, yeah. I know we haven't seen her yet, and we're less than 10 episodes from the end, but man. OK, so back in back in class, um, not back in class, I guess. We're following Ross into his class. And no, sorry. It's a self-defense We're at the best. self-defense yeah. class. Sorry. I'm, it's been a while since I've watched this episode, even though I took almost exceptional notes. <laughs> There are some things where I failed. Okay, Ross decides to watch the self defense class. And then (laughs) he goes up to the instructor afterwards and he's asking, okay, after that first move of the defense, what do you do next from the point of view of the attacker? He said that he attacked two women and it didn't work. (laughs)
1: He's an idiot.
0: <laughs> I think just situationally, from the instructor's point of view, it got my funny bone watching this scene. Because it's. <laughs> I can imagine the instructor. I mean, he the instructor played it very well, too, that you can see the horror on his face. But I'm just thinking, in today's terms, too, if you were to say that, I mean, this instructor is calling the police.
1: Oh, like, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, he's
0: for sure getting he's getting a citizen's arrest right there on the spot. (laughs) it's bad. But that got my funny bone for sure. Now, up in the apartment for um, the last part of this scene or the storyline, Chandler is groveling. She is mad. Now, he tries the same thing with her that she did with him. About the cook you anything in the kitchen and do anything in the bedroom, and she's obviously not having it. It's not much of a sell <laughs> from his side. No. Um which is funny because like at some point in the series, very early on, before all the friends knew, Rachel reveals that he's the best sex like he's she's ever had. But for this point, for this storyline, she absolutely is not having it. And right as they kind of make up. Janice starts singing funny (laughs) Valentine over the song. So she had done what was essentially just a little voice intro, like happy birthday, Chandler. And that's what initially set it off. But she had sort of disappeared into the background. And then just as they're like about to be done, she starts singing and it just ends. It's just a really good storyline. It was It was funny now anything about the main any more things about the main part of the episode no before we finish with the tag okay so in the tag ross is headed to meet. this is a <laughs> this whole episode this is, is my favorite so scene, good this last part it's is my so good scene. ross is heading to meet with the girls in the cafe and on his way outside he thinks he sees them waiting on the street for him so he's going to try his hand again at the sneak attack he thinks I've definitely got them. They're both turned away from me. I've got the upper hand. Now we cut to the girl's point of view. They're sitting in the window seating, which, you know, uh, the couch is taken and Rachel's complaining about it, which gives the. it, It gives us as the audience the reason that they're sitting in that specific window seat. Rachel is complaining when Ross is all of a sudden he pops his head right into the window where they're at, but he's not looking at them. He's looking, like, over to, I guess, their right, but his left. Ross is right by their heads at the cafe window and is in a sneaking position. And they watch him attack two women. (laughs) And at one point, he's getting away from them, running away, when he spots them in the window (laughs) and acknowledges that, oh, you're right there. And, and, And then continues with his retreat from these two women who are who have now turned and attacked him. Yeah. It's it the best. Is so <laughs> funny. Such a good episode. Any other like
1: Yeah, so fun fact about Rachel claiming that she hates sitting in that on that couch by the yeah. window. Um one theory is that it's possible because that's where she was sitting when Ross came in to ask Gunther not to say anything. <gasps> About Ross's one-night stand with the coffee shop woman in the one with the morning after. So that's like one, I think that's the last time we've seen her like sitting there. So it could just be like subconscious to her. Like, I don't like sitting here. I'm
0: fully accepting of that theory. 100%. Dang, that's good. Okay, so favorite scene was (laughs) obviously that last one. Yes. (laughs) The tag. So funny. This one is hard because the tag is so good. But also, so is that last one with the apartment and the funny yeah. Valentine and the groveling and the, hey, that's not going to work on me like it worked on you. Yeah. Um, I, I think that storyline, but I also think the girl storyline, even in the apartment with the salmon skin roll, there were a lot of moments in this episode where I was laughing, fully engaged, yeah. enjoying the storyline thoroughly.
1: So, I mean, with that, what's your episode rating? Um, I'm going to say, I w- I'm like pretty similar. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say seven, seven, seven. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, it was funny all around. I think the, the only storyline that could have done without was Joey's, but Joey's, um, yeah. I mean, you had to have him in there, so. But right. Yeah, no, I thought it was hilarious. It was a lot of dumb moments, too, but, um, you know, sometimes the dumb humor is good. Yeah. What about you?
0: um I think I'm gonna go higher I'm gonna give it a yellow frame I thought this episode I know I know and maybe maybe I'm usually too harsh because we're we're I think we're pretty hard graders um but I think even with Joey's storyline lacking it doesn't outweigh my pure enjoyment of the other two storylines and storylines in their entirety i loved every part of the ross rachel and phoebe element and i enjoyed and i think it definitely crescendoed with the monica and chandler what's interesting is the first part of their storyline is like okay the miscommunication trope like you guys should probably figure that out and you'd probably have a better relationship but it kept crescendoing as like chandler allowed her to take the blame and then we find out didn't go so well in his favor and then the second like blow um I, I think it just crescendoed up to like the final point which solidified that storyline as being super funny so I give it a. I, the only thing that could have pushed it over the edge is if Joey's short uh, storyline was a little bit stronger if his was even remotely a little bit stronger I would have gone 100 percent on this episode nice so Post-show wrap-up trivia. It's been a while. Let's see if I can been. remember.
1: <laughs> All right. What the did. Uh, I don't know this one. What did Rachel's sorority oh. sister call her? Shoot.
0: The one that kissed her. Um, Rachel. I
1: don't remember. Was
0: it like Ray or something?
1: You're close.
0: Uh, I'm Just not going to get it. Riri's. Vowel uh rara ray 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 ray. oh <laughs> dang it oh like rachel ray ray oh, that was so dumb if i would have given myself like 20 more seconds i probably could have figured it out okay second right second
1: one what did or who did phoebe sleep with just after monica broke up with him <laughs> it's not richard know. Oh, no, it's definitely was that not one Richard. guy's name? Oh, my goodness. I don't remember. I would never have It was the one from this. school.
0: It was the one from school. Like, she found out. They were mad about it for a minute. Yeah. But,
1: like, ultimately, it was fine. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. yeah, yeah Jason yeah. Hurley.
0: Oh, uh, OK. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Um. OK, so with us being out for a month, we have a lot of social media spotlight. So I'm going to sort of break it up over the next few episodes until we're kind of caught back up, just so. This episode's already long, so I'm only going to I'm only going to do a few. Um, Our friend, I, I don't think I can play it on mine. Can you play it on in yours? Is that possible? Um, our friend, I think, probably sent us a voice. Maybe you can figure out Llewellyn. how he actually pronounces it, because I think when we were welcoming him to our fan our friends, our friend group, um, we had mentioned like, hey, if you guys could send us the pronunciation of your names, we don't just want to be blundering and getting it wrong all the time, because like we're embarrassed already enough as it is. And so we're not laughing because it's funny. We're laughing because we're embarrassed. So if you guys could help us out, that'd be great. And so I think he sent us a voice memo regarding the pronunciation of it. Yeah.
1: So he just he just pronounces it for us. It's just fa- Fakou. I still feel Fakou? like I'm saying it wrong. Yeah. Um, OK. But we he... didn't
0: ask his permission to play it on the podcast, which is right. why we're not playing his audio recording. We understand right. that not everybody loves the sound of their voice. It's different when you're typing it. Um, but when it's actually your voice, we uh, we didn't even ask him. So we're not going to just play his voice. Yeah. So
1: uh, Fakou? Yeah, Faku, I think is Faku how I'm hearing. Okay.
0: It. Well, thanks Faku. Um I will listen to it as well. Um I just realized that I can't do it while I'm on this and and whatever. So, um thanks for sending that to us. Now, we have a new friend to us. His name is Kevin. He said, "Hey new friends, I'm an OG Friends fan. That means I'm as old as the cast." <laughs> well, welcome," he that. said. "My daily commute is 2.5 hours wow my gosh kevin and now that i'm all caught up on the office ladies you're my new favorite travel companions kevin thanks for the laughs and making my drive more fun recalling my favorite friends episodes keep it up kevin thank you so much that's awesome um you and your cutie little wife i'm assuming in this picture adorable thanks kevin thanks for being a new friend thanks for reaching out we appreciate it um manang man keep it up with the reels we're loving it okay, that we're not gonna hilarious. share <laughs> i know we're not gonna we don't we're not gonna like share all of them or send all of them but we do appreciate you sending so keep it up thank you very much um we did have uh, a follow-up from the guy named uncle mike i remember we've already introduced him so far Um, But he did follow up with another message that said, um, I'm listening to you every day now at work. Right now, so far, I'm at 107th episode and I'm getting sad that soon I'll have to wait each week for new episodes. But I keep catching small mistakes in what you're saying or trying to recall. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a shock to us, Uncle Mike. It's not a shock to us. Still love your podcast. It's my new favorite right now or right after Office Ladies which, to be fair, I understand.
1: The, it's like the, the original the cast, ladies. Yeah, I
0: know. It, it, uh, we've said it before. We'll say it again. As soon as any one of the six friends starts to redo the re-listening podcast, we will be quitting ours and just recommending to a friend that you go over that way. Um, and he said, "Alarmist, uh, Lubellin, have you ever listened to that podcast? The I Alarmist. Have, not. have you? No, I'm gonna do some googling though, so." because um, I have no idea what that's about or what even the category is so he said uh, it's amazing what you're doing never stop and then also sent us a reel as well which we will watch so thanks for that um, and then the final one for today I think is we got a chaos for chaos pod so another podcast hey fellow podcasters they said hey I'm listening to your podcast and I just wanted to let you know that kempt is a word it, it is, is the a opposite word. of Unkept, kempt. Oh wait. Oh, oh. Okay. I remember this. Kempt. Here's the deal. Chaos for chaos's sake. I think you're trying to cause chaos just for chaos's sake by telling me that. Just kidding. Um, I think here's here's my issue with that word. It's just it's just a stupid word. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> and the way that people use it why can kept unkept just not be used in its stead because I think it should be able to be and I think kept and unkempt should just slowly disappear into the annals of linguistic history I think that's I think it's one of those things where I don't care about the validity of it I just think it's dumb does that make sense Llewellyn yes okay so uh, I I mean I do appreciate I think I did look up the word Kempt and I understand that like yes technically there's a definition for it which I just think but I just think it's dumb so (laughs) it's one of those things that I'm allowing to just be something that hopefully you find endearing about me yeah okay that's your signal to move on and I understand that so recommend to a friend lay it on us
1: Oh, yes. Um, I don't know if I've, I've mentioned these before. You no, have I not. Okay, Because cool. this is a shock to me. So <laughs> this should have so, been in like your life update that you've picked up a new hobby. <laughs> no, it's not a hobby. Um, so as oh, I mentioned, okay. I've had a lot of family in town. And um, shortly after I moved in here with my roommates, my roommate who owns the house bought two paddle boards uh, and basically told us like, you're welcome to use them whenever you want. You know, just... Obviously, be careful with them or whatever. So, as the three of like the three of us, we've only ever used them once, I think, as a collective oh. group. But um, coincidentally, the same day Leanne was having surgery, that roommate was having surgery on her ACL. She tore her ACL doing a taekwondo move, um, and so she was having surgery. So, needless to say, she's not paddleboarding anytime soon. Uh, Ah, yes. And so I asked her if I could just borrow them for a little while while I have family in town, because we were going to be over on the island and around water. And she's like, yeah, of course. Like, I'm glad someone's using them. So I say all this to say I highly recommend, and especially for those of you that don't have cars that can, like, strap a kayak or a paddleboard on top to get, like, an inflatable paddleboard um, it sounds crazy but they actually work so well so the ones she have she has are hydroforce inflatable paddle boards there's many out there um, but hers also convert into kayaks so there's a seat you can add if you decide you don't want to do the whole paddleboarding thing but you'd be more comfortable sitting um, yeah but when my brother and sister-in-law were down here we did we went out to just like a there's like a road that leads to the island that just has water on both sides that you can and like, it's not like a beach per se, but it's like a pull off where you can launch kayaks and do different things. Um, and so we literally just went over there on like a Tuesday night and just paddleboarded like around to like kind of get used to it, which was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um, and it's a good way to just get you know cooled off when it's so dang hot down here all the time. Um, another time we went out in like some mangroves, so you're able to like stand up and go around and then sit as you're like going through the mangroves and then come out and we saw the big bridge, the skyway bridge over by St. Pete which was kind of cool to see like from the water perspective, but it's it's fun. I mean, there's definitely a balance. <laughs> you have to get used to being able to balance and I still can't master like standing on it for a long time. My knees still shake cuz I think okay. I'm just nervous I'm going to fall off, but um yeah, right. It's actually a lot of fun. So I highly recommend, um, and the inflatable part, too, like, they're kind of hard to fill up because when it gets to a certain, like, PSI, you've got to keep going. It's a lot like bike tires. Like, you feel like it's full, but you have to keep going. Otherwise, it's not going to float correctly. Um, so it can get a little tough. So if you do get an inflatable one, I highly recommend getting an automatic pump that you can hook up to your car. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, it's a lot of fun. And they're easy to, like, store and clean up, which is cool. So that's my recommend. That's awesome
0: cool that's a good one did you say you saw manatees
1: um i did when my i had cousins down here and we were out at a different part of the ocean and Uh i saw one i was on the paddleboard with her four-year-old son so we were sitting on it together and i was kind of like taking him out and we saw Mm -hmm. one kind of like off in the distance and we couldn't get to it fast enough with the waves um but then when my cousin went out a little bit after us one was literally like following her it was so oh, fun wow. to watch. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It's like terrifying, but also kind of cool. I know because they're huge, but they they're are. like They're like so gentle. So gentle. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, my recommend to a friend is a direct correlation to my health update earlier. Um, liquid IV. Now, mind you, in the future, I will definitely be researching maybe more like healthy alternatives to make sure you're getting your electrolytes in. Um, but I cannot stress enough that hydration is so important when you're having so many needles stuck in you um I have the worst veins I have to warn everybody and I cannot allow just any Joe Schmo to take blood put in an IV because I was stuck no less than 10 different times trying to find a good place and it's because I was dehydrated which I'm chronically so. I'm very bad at drinking water. Um, but then also in recovery, trying to retain water while also feeling so horrible in my midsection that I didn't really want to eat. I was able to try and like retain electrolytes and drink water just by having some liquid IV. So I was able to buy them in bulk at Costco when my sister went on a quick little grocery trip while she was here. Um, it tastes sort of like watered down Gatorade to me personally. I kind of like that flavor. So to me, it's not hard to drink. I got I think the lemon lime combo, but they have a couple different options at Costco. You can buy them in bulk. You can buy them in like small little packs. Um, But it was very helpful for me to be able to retain some electrolytes while um, in the very like epitome of recovery. So highly recommend liquid IV for a friend. I've heard that they're great for like pre like pre-gaming before you go out drinking and then even afterwards, if that is sort of the lifestyle that you, you know, partake in. Um, So there's other reasons why you would want to have electrolytes in your body. But this for me was super helpful in my recovery. um, And I wish I would have had it maybe beforehand to plump up my veins a little bit because it was just short of torture. So highly recommend Liquid IV to a friend. Next week, we're going
1: to cover the one where Ross dates a student. Yeah, so we'll catch you guys next week on the Wonder Friends podcast.